Welcome to The Vinyl Preacher, your weekly podcast where we talk about the Bible and make a playlist. I'm Matt Kittle, pastor at St. Mark's Lutheran Church in Los Angeles, California. And I'm Zach Ferris, the pastor of Lutheran Campus Ministry at the University of Colorado Boulder. Well, are you Merry re- Christmas, Zach. Are you ready? No. Are never you ready? ready? Because, never really ready. Because the fat man's coming to church, right? Isn't that what they say? <laughs> it's almost the day when Santa Claus gets his, his reindeer and he comes down the chimney and he gives us all the gifts of good sermons that you don't have to work hard on and uh, short council meetings. Yeah. Yeah, that's what, that's what happens. It's coming later this week, Matt. Mm-hmm. It's coming Later this week on a Friday night. You need a place to spend your Friday night in church for Christmas Eve. Don't forget, here's one of the real problems, okay? I've got sources on this, Matt. And uh, what I hear is that uh, maybe that hasn't been true to you, true for you, right? That, that old father Christmas, St. Nicky, uh, has not come to your church, has not given you uh, good sermons that you don't have to work hard for, has not given you cooperative uh plentiful volunteers for all the tasks you need to accomplish. And that might be, Matt, because you're forgetting to leave out some milk and cookies at church. (laughs) So you should make that part of your children's sermon this week. Build a fake fireplace. You know, also, most churches don't have fireplaces anymore. Uh, Um, I know St. Mark's does not in Los Angeles. Technically, we do here at St. Aidan's in Boulder. Uh, But... You got to construct. You got to figure out how Sandy Sandy Claus is going to get into your your sanctuary. It's true. It's true. My niece was visiting at Thanksgiving, and at one point she looked around and she said, "How does how does Santa visit your house?" Oh, what did you say? I re- I repeated the question three times <laughs> by myself. Some time. Uh, and I don't remember what I said after that. <laughs> Maybe life finds a way. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Life finds a way. And that's probably your best Christmas sermon you can preach, I think, on Christmas Eve. There's <laughs> a Jurassic Park inspired. Uh, yeah, that would life be finds fun. A way. I remember... I remember one year my uh, my good colleague, Pastor Caleb Craner, over at St. Andrews in Los Angeles, uh, preached a children's sermon on Christmas Eve because I saw the pictures. So that's how I know about it. And he constructed out of like uh, balloon animals and different things, a like an underwater manger scene. So it had like <laughs> the anemone and stuff like but it was like a full on like scene that he created for this children's sermon. It was great. <laughs> So, wow. You can get very creative. You can do it. You can. A lot of children's sermons out there. So, But like you said, leave your milk and cookies for Santa, or maybe I'll just leave one of those prepackaged or do some uh, wafers and cups. <laughs> prepackaged milk and cookies. That's the way, because yeah. if, if you think about it, Christmas, Matt, has the potential to be one of the worst super spreader events uh, in the history of the world, that Santa Claus is going to visit the home, put into it, use his grubby hands and his mouth yeah. to drink milk and cookies. Um he could spread by himself the Omicron variant to every home in the world. This could be real bad. Pacing zero. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The Santa variant. So when you clean up the Santa Claus mess in the morning from his... <laughs> the other thing about Santa Claus, never finishes. You know, which is strange, right? Like he... 
takes a big bite, like there are crumbs and stuff left, right? Doesn't finish in my experience. Uh, but you need yeah, to put very messy, mask yeah. up, wash in, scrub in, scrub out of cleaning up Santa Claus mask because he might. I don't know his vaccination status. Most of the people who live by themselves, like in the middle of nowhere, off the grid, not prone to be vaxxers. Hmm. Yeah, all those elves, though. I mean, do you think they have to show their vaccination card to get to get to work? I don't think he lets them leave. <laughs> they have their own bubble. <laughs> They've been bubbling before the NBA playoffs were bubbled. Oh, we're off the rails of the vinyl preacher. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you going to do, Christmas. Matt? Are you working on your... Uh, it's been a hot topic of conversation here in clergy circles locally. What are you doing for Christmas Eve? Because all the people are going to want to come and and share their Santa Claus virus germs together. Uh, Matt, what what's your plan at St. Mark's? Well, uh, I'd be interested to hear what other clergy are saying. I don't talk to other clergy. Good idea. So I don't have any idea. No offense but, um, taken. We, we are. I don't talk to other clergy as he's talking to other clergy. <laughs> uh, and uh, let's see. Yeah, so we've been worshiping outside for the last four months, uh, but people thought that maybe it might be time to go inside. And, you know. Sure. So uh, it was actually very cold uh, this last. Not very cold. People tell me <laughs> it's going to get cold. And then I go, I'm from Chicago. And they just give me a look. Um, but uh, it was in the 50s this last Sunday. So that was a little chilly. A little chilly for folks. Uh, and then it's going to drop down. Once that sun goes down, you know, it'll get it'll be chilly. So we're actually going to go inside for the first time since March of 2020 uh but we're gonna i gotta i couldn't do it without being creative so we're gonna start outside and then mm. we're gonna sing one verse of oh come all ye faithful and then we're gonna process mm. process around along vermont avenue and process into the church carrying our candles and i hope that that looks really cool and even if it doesn't at least we tried <laughs> are you are you checking vax cards people are wearing masks are you vaxing well, like at the yeah, door we, yeah, yes. Contact tracing. Uh, somebody will have an assisting minister assigned, a scripture reader, an usher, and then a, somebody with a syringe to just give vex boosters as they come in the door. It's gonna be, it's gonna be great. We'll be no, we'll be masked. You give them baptismal boosters <laughs> with <laughs> holy water in there. God. Oh, it sounds like a terrible sermon about baptism. You don't even need a booster. Just one <laughs> dose is all. It takes some. So. Oh, I'm sure there's a Twitter account called Bad Church Signs, and that's that's on one. <laughs> no, we're we're gonna mask up. We're gonna. I mean, we've just we've been super careful. I mean, again, like we've been out. We we stayed online uh, through mid August, just entirely online, and then we did entirely outside for the last four months. And so we're we're finally gonna move indoors. We'll stay masked, but we feel like at this point. Um, you know, everybody who, who can get vaccinated has had the opportunity, um, and we hope they're doing that to protect the vulnerable. And then even the kids, uh, five and up, will have had a chance to get vaccinated by that point. And so, um, yeah, feels feels like the time to at least at least start. Now, as I keep telling people, uh, you can't predict where this thing is going, so who knows? Maybe next week there'll be some other variant and everything left. I don't know. But Damn. I think that's our plan A. That's mm-hmm. our plan A right now to, to move indoors at Christmas. And it'll be like a meaningful time to move indoors rather than like a random Sunday. We're like, no, we're going to go in. And then I'll figure out some kind of sermon that's about how like 
You know, it's not really about we're going to come in. We come in. We, we visit the Christ child. But then we go out uh, to go tell on the mountain and to really emphasize that going back out thing. Please leave. Figure out, yeah, like, figure, you don't got to go home, but you gotta, it's going to be, I mean, I feel like it's a good, you got to th- reflect a little bit on what exactly the meaning of this sanctuary is. I don't know. But anyway, we're going to move indoors for the, uh, Christmas Eve, I, I believe. That's the plan. Oh, nice. What are people doing around you? Oh, a little bit of everything. Uh, super locally at St. Aidan's, where are we office and our partner. Uh, they're doing dri- they did a drive through kind of deal last year uh, and they really liked it so they're doing that again uh, they've got a really big parking lot for, for where we're at um, and so they're like different stations there'll be like a living nativity uh, recently the best part about their plans is I'm not involved in <laughs> having to figure out any of it right I'm like hey if you want me to be there tell me where to be and I'll I'll do it um, but so there's like a living nativity station. They were on goat search this week, hoping to come up with some like livestock. Uh, there's going to be a communion station. There's like a place you're supposed to bring donations for like mother house, like one of our like local kind of like sheltery places. Uh, and uh, then I think, again, I don't know the details. I think there's live music in the chapel being transmitted via FM transmitter so there's another part of the parking lot you can park and listen to the music then at some point there will be like an actual like service with sermon and stuff but you'll listen in your car I believe Um, but I've heard lots of different things from folks who you know who are just kind of being inside who've been inside who are comfortable with it uh, to folks who are doing like some not hybrid I mean I mean I guess every like they're doing hybrid but like we're gonna have TVs and stuff set all over the space and there'll be some outside and so you can kind of pick like how comfortable which, which how comfortable like you can find a spot that that hopefully is is comfortable for you uh, which does feel like where we're at with pandemic stuff there you know we probably all gave up on having black and white yes and no things uh mm-hmm. not early enough uh but but now it seems pretty clear black and white stuff is not super there's no like right answer to things mm-hmm. yeah Except getting that baptismal booster shot. That's the right thing to do. That's all you need. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So, that'll be Christmas. Although, then after Christmas, I know we're also talking about the first Sunday of Christmas a little bit here. And uh, I think, I told my council, I was like, uh, hey, can I get uh, two Sundays off? Because I'm going to go back to the Midwest. And, you know, and they were like, sure. Uh, but I think they're just going to do Zoom. Just because it's oh, like yeah. easier than trying to set everything up and get a guest preacher when in this weird in between time, and that is uh, interesting that we can just that we're doing that <laughs> just, now. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! So what are you gonna do? Because you're you're a Christmas flyer normally, right? Yeah. So we go from the. So you're gonna do to Christmas midnight Christmas Eve service that starts at, a, at eleven p.m. Uh, so, <laughs> that ends exactly so, at midnight. Then you're going to wake up for the sunrise Christmas morning service because people are demanding that. Uh, you're going to oh do that. Gosh. Are you going to fly then or are you going to wait till after you, you stay to, to do your Christmas one on the next day? So we've been doing a Christmas triduum. The sun, sun sets early uh, this time of year. So we're doing a 5 p.m. Christmas oh, or Eve no, service. No, it doesn't count if it's not 11. So, but the sun's going down. So you're 10.45 for special music. All this stuff works. 
and then we'll take a, a flight at 11.52 p.m. out of LAX. Uh, and we'll travel with Santa. We'll wave at Santa in the air as we pass him a couple times. And, uh, yeah, that's that's what we'll do on our way to Chicago because we want to have better weather uh, <laughs> for that week. So yeah. your, your people, uh, St. Mark's is doing Zoom Church that Sunday then, yeah? Then the 26th, they'll do uh, Zoom Church, and I think probably for the 2nd as well. And, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. What's happening in the Proclamation of the Word section on Zoom Church while you're away, man? Are you you zooming in to preach? (laughs) Uh, I'm taking seriously the church constitution, which says that it is the church council's responsibility uh, to find pastoral coverage when the pastor is not there. We've never lived into that reality of the kingdom of God as so uh, inscribed in the church constitution. But um, this time, um, you know, we're going to. Let it be. I didn't even know that existed as a person who sometimes is intimately involved in pastoral coverage. I was surprised to find it there, but it's there. Wow. But but props to my church council. Thank them for giving me those two Sundays. Uh, Because it was much cheaper to fly after January 2nd than on January 2nd. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you... I mean, did you give us our, is that your Christmas Eve sermon? We usually do lessons and carols, and I rarely do an actual sermon Mm. on Christmas Eve, which is, uh, you know, it's funny when I was on internship, that was like one of my favorite sermons that I preached was like on Christmas Eve. I was like, that was was good. Felt good. Man, I can't wait to preach on Christmas Eve every year. This is going to be great. And I, I never do it. We just do lessons and carols, and it's beautiful, and it's great. We have lots of people involved in reading, like a couple, like a family will get up and the three of them will read one passage together. And it's like a beautiful thing. There's lots of the people of God tell the story and it's, it's fine. It's good. Yeah. I hear you. It's one of those hard, it's probably the hardest Sunday to preach. Maybe like regularly, I think, um, in terms of like. You know, oh, Christmas or the Sunday after Christmas? Oh, Christmas Eve, like Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. Yeah, um, because nobody's there to hear you preach. Like that's not a very important part of it for most people. Um, and like, if you were to want to, like, normally, like, like we talked last week about contextualizing the story and like changing how we normally look at it, you're gonna you're fighting a whole lot of like people are gonna see and hear what they want to hear. Uh, and you're probably not going to, like, break through in your eight to ten minutes mm-hmm. is how long your sermon should be on Christmas Eve, friends. Um, so, yeah. And same story every year. So, like, prepping for this, for the podcast, right? Like, uh, it's hard for me to get out of my traditional, like, how I would preach. Partially because I've, I haven't preached a Christmas Eve in ten years. So, uh <laughs> but I like the one similarly. I think it came out of my internship, and I thought I, I think that's an internship thing. You get to preach Christmas Eve, uh, yeah. and the real pastor gets gets Easter. Uh, but that's the bone they throw you, and it feels like a big deal at the time. But now it turns out like nobody wants to preach Christmas Eve anyway. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's Christmas Eve. That's Christmas Eve. Do you want to hear my my go to? Christmas Eve thought sermon yeah. thing. If someone were to get uh, ill this week and call me at the last second to come cover Christmas Eve, here's what I'd preach, Matt. Uh, 
it's uh, the the fun fact here. It's a pretty. I mean, this is a great story. Uh, you know, it works with being in Luke this year. It's the second chapter of Luke, and it starts with, In those days a decree went out from Emperor Augustus that all the world should be registered. There should be a census, right? This was the first registration taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all into their towns to be registered. And it's all about how they have to count everyone and, and get documentation for everyone and uh, and know what's really going on. But the, like, fun fact that I've learned over the years is that... Uh, Infants would not have been counted, uh, especially a baby who's literally a newborn, because like the mortality rates, uh, child mortality rates, not just infant mortality rates, were incredibly high. Um, and so, in you actually get this like beautiful tension of what's happening that in a story that's all about making sure that everything has to be counted um, because it's important to know what you have. Uh, the thing that is most important in the story is the thing that goes uncounted, that's not thought to be worthy enough to to count. Um, and so that's the good news, I think, right? Uh, and you can flip that into a bunch of different ways of making it good news because there are people who uh, probably gathered on Christmas Eve, uh, you know, standard preaching Christmas trope that there's all the pressure to get Christmas right. Currently, my family, Matt, uh, is feeling bad because some other families have been sending us Christmas cards that look great. Um, and we're nowhere near being able to pull it off for the 18,000th year in a row. And it doesn't matter, and I like to see the pictures of our friends and family, but also uh, we are never able to do it, and we feel bad about it. And we shouldn't feel bad about it, but we do feel bad about it. And that's just one tiny story. There are a million more significant ways that people feel uncounted uh, at Christmas. Um, I'm going to put a post-it on the wall next to all the other Christmas cards that just says... Dahlia Street. It's going to be great. Yep. It's going to be great. There you go. You used to send them. I feel like I've gotten them in the past. It's been, a, it's been a, you know, I feel like we used to. Yeah, we do. I mean, we do it, but it's, I don't know if it's going to happen before Christmas this year. And <laughs> either way, that, the first Christmas card, I well, cursed the person. I'm always like, it wasn't you. It was Nate Sutton. Um, <laughs> I was like, come on. Uh, you can't be this on top of things like this. So I'll send the well, St. Patrick's Day card. I really wanted to do a Christmas letter this year, and that was like I gave up on that. Mm-hmm. Couldn't couldn't pull it off. Uh, but Chris remembered when you did one one year. But I believe it was an epiphany. Yeah, it became an epiphany letter. I went to a letter writing <laughs> workshop down at eight twenty six LA. Back when they used to do like adult events that, that probably yeah. don't help them further the mission at all, but. We drank spiked eggnog and uh, wrote incredibly sarcastic Christmas letters. <laughs> That's great. Where I made like a friend. It's really fun. J. Ryan Straddle, like acclaimed author now, led that workshop. And at the time, he had been like writing for TV and doing TV production and stuff. And like <laughs> he led that workshop, like talked to him for a few minutes. And now like we like stay in touch. And when he gets on book tours, yeah. he comes and like we hang out. It's weird. But he's the nicest guy in the world. So. That's amazing. So there's your good news. There's there's your good news. It is a continuation. It ties very obviously ties nicely into Mary's song from last week of uh, the things that are important not being inside of Jerusalem, but out in the places beyond the walls of 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 society of civilization. I mean, that's been a theme throughout Advent, right? With John the Baptist before that, and uh, so. 
It's your culmination. If you haven't figured out how to preach that perfectly, you get another shot on Christmas Eve. Another shot. In your shepherds, the image I get left with last week, Matt, we were mm-hmm. struggling towards the end of the episode there to find a way to to acclaim that, that all births are royal births, but also like um, squaring that with a world in which that's not how most births um, or life is observed uh, and contrasting the shepherds in Luke coming to visit Jesus with the king, the wise people um, in Matthew in getting shepherds here in the reading that you would in Luke 2 for, for Christmas Eve, seeing the shepherds being, like this is their coronation in a sense, right? Because the shepherds are the royalty here. Shepherds, again, lowest of the low in society um, come here like, like that's the problem with your amalgamated crash, 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 uh, nativity sets is that, that you're missing one of the th- important things that Luke is doing here, where he's saying that the dignitaries who come to welcome the king are the shepherds. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not the shepherds and the kings. They're mm-hmm. sea crowns on the heads of these shepherds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then, after you uh, have preached Christmas Eve, you turn around and preach again. Oh, thank goodness. Yes. 36 hours later. Well, I assume, like I said, Matt, you're preaching Christmas Eve, Christmas morning, Christmas evening. There's a set for Christmas evening. You want to you want to really mark the holiness of the day of Christmas. So as the sun is setting at five o'clock, you can now do your five o'clock service, Matt, and then back up and at them on Christmas one. Thank goodness my church has never done a Christmas day service. (laughs) Doesn't happen and I'm not complaining. It's great. Uh, yeah. Um, so first Sunday of Christmas, it's of, it's not even, it should be of, of of Christmas because Christmas 12 day festival, pretty exciting stuff. Uh, we get Luke two. So this continuation, that's how the song goes on the first day of Christmas. (laughs) My true love gave to me Luke two, 41 to 52, 50. And a partridge in a pear tree. Just a a little snapshot. I mean, I just... Gosh. Sometimes I wish the lectionary was better. The first... These first two chapters of Luke, there's just... There's so much going on. You get all this build-up in Luke 1. Then we move into Luke 2. We get Jesus' birth, Luke 1 to 20. And then there's like... I was like, I wonder what the break is then between 20 and 40. Oh, of course, it's they take him to the temple for the presentation. And we Simeon and Anna. And we get another little song there. Uh, it's good stuff. And then we get into 41 and Jesus is a little child. Luke 2, also, like, only about half of it is the actual birth. And then we get all this other stuff about his, like, young childhood. It's great. Matt, it's hard to be a young person in the church. Uh, I know that in a variety of ways. But recently, last Sunday, Matt, I came to know it in a new way because... Um, during the semester, there's a, a Sunday evening service that happens, and we alternate like who takes has responsibility for it. And um, we were on our way back to church. Uh, the Vinyl Spouse works on Sundays, so it's just me and uh, my daughter. And so we came home from church. Then we, we I take a nap while she watches way too much TV. And then um, we're back going back to church. And I was like, all right, we got to go back to church. And she said, was there going to be a meal? Because she knows, like, we eat with students. We have dinner with students on Tuesday, right? That's And that's pretty fun for her because she gets to, like, talk to all the students. And 
and most of them really like her and want to talk to her and stuff and she gets to feel cool uh so she said are we gonna is there gonna be food or is it gonna be more boring god stuff (laughs) 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 so that's exactly how old my daughter is she has reached Mm -hmm. the church's boring god stuff age uh yeah which is a bummer but also matt just look at the lectionary. We get one story about a young Jesus, and they bury it on the day yeah. after Christmas. You don't even get to hear it. It's it's hard to be an adolescent. Terrible, terrible, terrible stuff. And Luke, uh, Luke's the only one that tells the story. Ugh. That is the best content in the Gnostic Gospels, like because they have a bunch of stories of like of Jesus like doing the stereotypical wrestling with his power. Is it, is it like, he's like yeah. he's learning like his true strength and stuff, and just makes a lot of mistakes along the way. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad we don't get those stories. It'd be interesting to contrast those with this story that did survive, uh, mm-hmm. where he's in the temple. I don't know what superpower this is. His ability to to withstand boring God stuff is pretty. pretty there you strong. go. There it is. <laughs> cool. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so we've got since we already went there in Luke. Uh, we'll just we'll, let me do a quick. Uh, here's what the Lutherans are reading. And then we have another wonderful discrepancy. companions, I believe. So mm-hmm. that'll, be, that'll be fun. So uh, the Lutherans will be reading. The first reading is from First Samuel. And it's a story of like Samuel as a little boy. So it's a nice complimentary text, right? Where like this young person and he wears a... He, well, Samuel's ministering before the... I mean, I'm going to read this because I just love it. Was ministering before the Lord. A boy wearing a linen ephod. And his mother used to make for him a little robe and take it to him each year. What a lovely little story when she went up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice so he'd see his mom once a year uh <laughs> then eli would bless she did leave him, and his yeah. wife yeah and and when he saw his mom she would make him a apparently like this is like uh, mrs weasley and harry potter he gets a hand-knit sweater for christmas <laughs> then eli would bless elkanah and his wife and say may the lord repay you with children by this woman for the gift that she made the lord hope you have some other kids yep that's what he says. And then they would return to their home. Now the boy Samuel continued to grow both in stature and in favor with the Lord and with the people. And then that closing line uh, gets echoed here in this story from Luke. Uh, where every year Jesus' parents go to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover. And when he's 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents didn't know it. So they're doing a real good job. Uh, Classic Home Alone (laughs) situation. Home Alone situation. Temple Alone? Yep. Temple Alone. (laughs) Horrible. Wow. Wow. Temple Alone. Uh, Assuming that he was in the group of travelers, they went a day's journey. Uh, A day's journey without seeing their kid. Uh, Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends, and when they didn't find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple. Ooh, after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. And he said to them, why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? 
they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he was obedient to them. And his mother treasured, in case you were worried that he was a disobedient, otherwise he was obedient. His mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus increased in wisdom and in years, and in divine and human favor. So, uh, young Jesus. There you go. The young Jesus. Young Christ. Jesus. It's only one episode. Didn't last uh, very long, but... We'll never know why Netflix didn't pick it up for the second season, because they don't tell you. They just make one of those uh, jaw-dropping announcements. Matt, I'm so disappointed that I don't get to preach on this. Um, I was actually supposed to. Uh, it was in... I was... Something happened, and they had to reschedule me. I was supposed to preach this, and I would have been really excited to preach it, because I think I would preach a Home Alone sermon here, Matt. Um, <laughs> It'd be great. These Both these texts are fantastic preaching texts, right? Because it's all the characters you know and love, but all of a sudden they're in a situation like... You're vaguely familiar with this story, right? But you get to, like, play with... They're in un, it's sitcom stuff, right? Like, they're in a situation mm-hmm. that uh, where comedy and that sort of, like, you know... Not a haha sense, right? But, like, uh, yeah. interesting things are going to happen because of the situation there. Mary and Joseph, they got to find a way back because they're not with their traveling party, so they meet John Candy on the exactly. way. It's oh, it's Poker in the moving van. Have you seen the new movie yet, Mac? No, I haven't. You got to watch it before we hang out at some point because uh, Home Alone Again, Sweet Home, Home Sweet Home Alone Alabama, I think is the name of the one. It's really good. It's better. I've taken, I have uh, uh, taken the position that it is better than the original. Um, Wow. But here's the, here's my sermon, Matt. Here is my sermon. I think what Christmas is about, it's about being, it's about not being home. Um, That, that Home Alone works, right, as a movie, uh, in part because, like, we imagine that being alone at Christmas is the worst possible thing that could happen to anyone, right? To be away from your family. Um, but the reality of Christmas is that all of the people in all these Christmas stories are away from home. They're not home, right? Um, that they are, that, you know, the, the holy family was stuck down in Bethlehem, not home. Um, that you've got Samuel in the temple, living in the temple, like, that's heart-wrenching can be a really heart-wrenching way of reading that story about Samuel that Hannah takes him to the temple. Eli insults her, and then she's like, here, raise my child. Uh, And she has to leave her child in the temple, and that's where he's living as well. And so, you know, know, this is going to start to bleed into, to veer into stuff, my my preaching, like, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? Right in the zone. My, My, like, the stuff I love to preach on here uh, about how we're all like wanderers and travelers and um, you know none of us are home at Christmas and Christmas is the proclamation of the good news uh, that God does not simply dwell like at home with your family right but but dwells to, dwells most particularly among and with those of us who do not find ourselves at home mm. that's good that's a good Christmas Eve sermon or a Sunday after Christmas sermon. That's good. Bingo, bango. And God loves gratuitous violence that would certainly give people CTE. Because my daughter cackled through all of the times that Rod Delaney took pool balls directly to the forehead. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Wow. Amazing stuff. Uh, fun 
fun little note here. I got some notes from three years ago. And uh, one of the notes is that uh, assuming that he was in the group of travelers, you know what that Greek word for group of travelers is? <gasps> What's that? Synod. Synod. That was Synodia. Actually, I should have guessed. That was my guess. They assumed he was in the synod. Guess what? He was not in the synod. Oh. <laughs> have some fun with that if you were don't preaching in an insider. Don't get fired. Don't get fired. Hashtag don't get fired. Uh, good stuff with synod that probably this, that sermon would only work at like a synod assembly. Probably wouldn't work at your Christmas Eve sermon when nobody That's one of my is. complaints but, you know, about <laughs> Our synod life together is we don't get to worship together at Christmas very often. <laughs> right. Yeah. I want my yeah. synod assembly to happen on Christmas. I mean, I did. If I was asked to, if I got to preach at a synod assembly, I could pick my text. This would be a fun one. Because assumed that do. he was in the synod. I guess what he was. I don't know. Good stuff. Fun I stuff like going it. on there. I like it. Um, I also, the other thing I love about this one uh, is that it is an affirmation of my hot take. Unmarried, did you know? Which is that, yes, yes, she knew in the sense that Gabriel told her, but there are different ways of knowing. There's knowing it intellectually. There's knowing the information. And then here, why is she astonished if she knew? Mm-hmm. Why is she astonished? She's astonished because she's living through it. Like the reality of actually living through something is a different kind of knowledge. So that is why when we hear that song, we think about the mystery of life and not just yeah, oh yeah, she had the information. This is this is it. See, she knew, but she didn't know at the same time. There you go. It's right here. She's astonished. Why would she be astonished, Zach? Why would she be astonished if she knew? Matt, I appreciate your take on Mary Did You Know so much that it is, really causes problems for me. Because every time I see someone like share a meme about obviously Mary knew, I really want to be like, actually, let's take a more nuanced like... Oh, my goodness. I mean, I can hear the mansplaining way of hearing Mary, did you know? But <laughs> there's something there. So, uh, even though this is the text as assigned uh, by the Lutherans, you get a different text if you're Episcopalian, right? You do. You get to preach on John 1 if you've not yet preached on John one, which is an option for Christmas Eve. Um, I don't know how much we really need to talk about it, Matt. Um, I would go into uh, some stuff I talked about last week, the idea that Jesus is forever being born, right? Because um, one of the ways how I would go at it this year, you know, John 1 is the beginning, there was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and all the, all the things came into being through Him, and so on and so forth, um, which is a place at the end of Queer Catechism we hit this this year, this idea that um, because Jesus in the creed, right, is uh, in Luther's explanation of the creed is is begot is like is of the same substance, border on bo- really boring Trinitarian conversation. Um, it means that Jesus was the Son of God before Jesus was born, right? So there's this like sense in which Jesus is uh, ha- was all has always been being born and is always being born. And I think that's the direction I would go with and play with if if I was preaching on John 1 at Christmas, because um, there's this idea of the Word and the Word existing um, right in the beginning uh, and what that, what the consequences might, might, what that might mean for us now. And the consequence, right, I think, is that that creative, the same creative spark at the beginning is the creative spark that's still happening right now. It's the same mm-hmm. stuff. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I used uh, a line from this text in our church Christmas card because, Zach, not only did I send out Christmas cards, Jeez, man. also got one done for my church. And so I put this little verse on the back of it. Uh, what has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. And pair that little verse with, uh, here's a picture uh, of all of us on God's work, our hand Sunday, shining brightly in the world because we have the life. Shining uh, bright like a diamond? Yeah, shine bright like a diamond. Just coming to being him was life, and the life was the light of all, all people. All people. So, uh, yeah, you can do some fun stuff with it. I like so it. So sometimes the texts are different, Zach. Sometimes they're different. But it's the one God, the same God. Oh is that what you know, have the thing to say? Yeah, that's right. Well, Matt, what are you listening to on the airplane as you traverse oh the skies? Watch out for the, the bearded man hopefully, with the bag full of good sermons. Hopefully I'm sleeping, and hopefully my children are sleeping. Good luck with that. Uh, always got to do, oh man, always got to do Bruce Springsteen's Growing Up. Just a classic, mm. classic tune. Especially if you find a live version, because uh, Springsteen is prone to like really long storytelling. Uh, <laughs> and this is one of those songs where I'll do like a really long story. And then do growing up. It's good stuff. Uh, how about Once I Was Seven Years Old by Lucas Graham? Remember that one? Years. Wow. It's been, a, been a few years now. Been a while. Once I was 12 years old, it's going to the temple. Oh, somebody should rewrite that song. It's going to be great. And then uh, and then we'll do John Baptiste, who got nominated for so many Grammys. It makes me very happy to get some attention. But I'd like to remind uh, you, the Grammys we'll do, don't matter, Matt. They don't matter. But still, nice to see. Nice to see John Baptiste getting some attention. Uh, we are. We are the chosen ones. We are. We are. And it has this, like, children's choir and this, like, high school marching band. And there's just all kinds of great stuff going on. So with uh, Young Jesus, we'll pair with John Baptiste. We are. I like it, man. I like it. I'm going to put a oldie, but a goodie, uh, off of Old Crow Medicine Show's uh, Old Crow Medicine Show album, uh I hear them all, uh, which has a has this oh, yeah. lovely line about I hear the flowers growing up in the rubble of the towers, uh, and I think that's the image for like the new life that's come into the world here in Jesus on Christmas Eve with this, uh, you know, royal birth in the stable with the shepherds who are in the new uh, royalty as they are. That's that's an image that always sticks with me. Then uh, off of the soundtrack for. Uh, one of our favorite films, Matt, and books, Into the Wild, uh, which was written entirely by Eddie Vedder. Uh, one of them is uh, uh, called Rise, which is a nice little song with mandolin, I believe. Um, and it's about, like, I've got this vision of, of Jesus, this Jesus movement, this life of God rising up in the world, going to rise up, burning black holes in dark memories, going to rise up, turning mistakes into gold. Uh, feels fitting here on Christmas. And on Christmas 1, Matt, we get one kind of adolescent Jesus story, which is beautiful. And so I'm going to put the best song about parenthood that I know, uh, Brandy Carlisle's The Mother, on the playlist, uh, which is a good song about knowing and not knowing. Uh, mm. Right? Because it's... Uh, oh, gosh. Where did it go? Um in particular, I like the line, Matt. Uh, she broke a thousand heirlooms I was never meant to keep. She filled my life with color, canceled plans, and trashed my car. But none of that was ever who we are. Um, and so here you've got kid Jesus screwing up his parents' lives uh, the way that children screw up the lives of 
parents, and the world, right? Getting rid of all that other stuff that the life of God might be the thing. That's good. That's a good one for this Sunday. Good stuff. Well... I'd like to say, Matt, as well, before we finish, that this is uh, another episode of the podcast. We've got another sponsored up here, sponsored by the Vinyl Preacher podcast. I don't know if you've heard about it, Matt. It's a weekly podcast where we talk about the Bible and make a playlist. And uh, in order to make it happen, we give some small production cost and to help be covered this year uh, and help, uh, yeah, to help it happen, uh, we've got a little Patreon. So you go to www.patreon.com slash thevinylpreacher where you can become a Patreon and unlock things like, remember Matt last week when we hung out on Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time? That was pretty fun. That was pretty life-changing. Um, and I think there were tears, there was laughter, there was joy, there was, uh, people got their credit cards out, they were Venmoing me, it was wild. Um, <laughs> but you're only going to be able to be a part of that if you're... Uh, a Patreon subscriber in the future. And you can remember, you can get in at any level, $1 a month, $2 a month. Anything below $3 a month actually has higher fees. So if you like <laughs> did want to hook us up with $3, that's that'd be a great. If you become a Patreon subscriber at $3 a month, here's what we'll do. Uh, at $3 a month, we, that's one, we have like le- levels of membership. You know, Matt, $3 a month, once a month, Matt, or I will send you one of our old sermons that we've preached. It may or may not be for the lectionary date that you have coming up, but you get an old manuscript. I just moved offices. I've got a big pile of them that that I can put in the mail and send to you, or I'll send you a really old Google Doc that hasn't been viewed since 2010. Wow. You're using Google Docs in 2010? An early adopter. Oh, yeah, Matt. Oh, yeah. I was an early giver of my data to, to the Google Corporation. And uh, at ten dollars a month, Matt, we'll uh, we'll we'll preach for you. Uh, we'll <laughs> one time during the year. We'll, sure. We'll record a video sermon that you can use. Just just so you know, Zach, throwing out commitments here, just left and right. It's it's good. <laughs> and by we, I mostly mean Matt. So a hundred dollars a month, Matt will preach in your congregation. <laughs> In person, <laughs> once a month. No, not once sure. a month. One time during the year, Matt will what? preach for free. No, that's fifty dollars. Fifty dollars a month. Matt preaches actually has a weekly Sunday for free in your we'll congregation. Preach. At a hundred dollars a month, that's twelve hundred dollars. Matt, we can do this. Um, we'll both we'll do a tag team sermon and preach together at the same time in your physical it's, location. Uh, it's getting very real. It's, it's getting, getting real. Very real. Very real, dear listener. These. <laughs> Patreon gifts. <laughs> very real and very vinyl. <laughs>